0: Welcome to the Recharge Podcast. I am your co-host, Mitchell. I am Laura. So the whole purpose of this is to give you some tools, tactics, strategies, resources, data, things that are well beyond our realm to help you transform your life in generally 15 months or less. So this is uh, somewhat controversial. Hopefully you're going to get something out of this. We'll share some things based on our perspective and uh, from some of our mentors and people that uh, we work with, and hopefully you get some value from this. And so I'm a little bit fired up, this episode is um, basically the concept is when someone presents you with some information that you probably know at your core has the power to change your life, and it is correct information, I think she's making a pipe, power, Power. it has the power to transform or change your life, but it's not always easy, there's that subconscious voice that kind of rears up and says, it doesn't work, or I don't know. I don't believe it.
1: Tries to justify why it's not relevant, why it's not going to work, why it's not real, and so I think that's I think that's normal. I think that's our ego talking to us, trying to protect us, keep us in our old ways.
0: It's limiting beliefs or self-preservation, or um, you know, a different way of thinking. I, I, I'll call it reductionist. It's basically like you take something that's complicated that you don't understand. And you simplify it or somebody will simplify it for you down to a small piece that you, you understand. But then the tendency is to try to take that little chunk and apply it to back to the whole thing. I mean, the example that I came up with is, is kind of a silly one, but you don't understand how a Formula One engine works or a high performance uh, cycle works, but you know what a tire is because you have a bike and you've ridden a bike or a trike since you were a little kid. And so the tendency would be anything that has a, a tire is the same it's a car they're all the same and that's reductionist thinking you can't take something complicated simplify it and then turn that back around and apply it to the larger picture and so for the purposes of this episode what we're talking about largely is i think you know the gut brain axis or gut health
1: yes and so this is something that has really been real in my life because i found out that a lot of what was making me not feel good had to do with my diet and how my gut was functioning and I didn't know this um, going to the regular doctor I went in and said I don't feel good I'm tired I'm crabby I'm moody I just don't feel right and my regular doctor did a bunch of blood tests and said everything's normal you're fine you're normal and I just thought oh my gosh, this isn't normal. And then I found a functional medicine doctor who did some more specific blood tests and told me that I was really messed up and <laughs> really messed up. And most of it was had to do with my gut, what I was eating, and the health of the bacteria in my gut.
0: I mean, a couple of thoughts on that. Again, the reductionist thinking, you're taking a group of people who fall into the bell curve and they're in the middle and you call that normal. And you're, you're basically saying that you know if you're in that range, then there's nothing wrong, and that's sort of a, a simplistic view because not every body is the same, and not every engine and machinery and genetics and all the things. It's very complicated. It's not all the same. There are outliers of people that are on one end of the spectrum and on the other end. Just look at a bell-shaped curve. Chances are that some of you who are listening to this or watching this, you are on that spectrum, and you may not feel good, and you may not perform well, and you may not look the way you want to look, and you may chalk it up to well, that's just how I am. And oftentimes it could be something internally that, that, is, that is off. And so, you know, you did the biome test that gave you some pretty hard data. And if you would go to just, say, somebody who doesn't believe in functional medicine or doesn't, you know, rely on that type of science, and they would say, well, you know, why don't you just eliminate milk? Right. So what do most people do?
1: Right. So they eliminate milk for a day or two and don't feel any different and say, oh, that wasn't it. And start drinking milk again.
0: Or there's a lot of confusion with nutrition out there, like the FODMAP, which is a complicated word, fructo, ligo, dye, uh, Um, poly, whatever. It's complicated. It's not important. But you tell somebody to eliminate these foods from their diet, they get this massive list of stuff, they try to cut it out, and then they eat something that's a complicated amalgamation produced by... I don't know General Mills or somebody and some of what they were supposed to eliminate is in there and so they didn't truly eliminate it and they maybe tried it for a weekend and they didn't feel any better and they say I get this all the time people come up and say well I didn't I didn't eat cheese for two days and I still feel like crap and well a, a standard elimination diet is probably closer to seven to ten days but to shift it back to the science part of it you know you we know people who have gotten the same results we have and Oh, it doesn't work, it's, it can't be real, or it's just, a, it's just an arbitrary number?
1: Well, some of the interesting facts are some of the healthy foods that you and I think are healthy are, depending on the bacteria in your gut, you may not process those. You may be sensitive to those. So, for instance, I give the celery juice craze an example. Right now, celery juice is the big thing. And I wanted to jump on the bandwagon. It sounded like a miracle. It was curing acne. It was helping people sleep. It was helping people be alert in the morning. All these great things. And I actually love celery. So I thought, yes, I'm going to get a juicer. I'm going to start juicing celery. And then I got my biome test back. And one of the results were celery. You should limit it. So had I started this celery juice, this high-concentrated celery <laughs> infusion every day, I might have set myself completely chaotic. And you might have been dealing with a blubbering, moody, crabby mess. And oh. so that that's just one example. Celery is a health food. It's not bad for you, but because of my biology and my gut biome, I shouldn't eat that much of it.
0: That's back to the reductionist oversimplification of things. I mean, you can look at celery and say this is a generally healthy food. It's low glycemic index. It's fiber. It's good for your teeth. Everybody should eat celery, and that's just a blanket statement. But without some data to back that up, and without knowing a little bit more about a person, uh, particularly knowing the results of this test that you did, um, you know, it's incorrect advice, and so you don't feel good. You whatever, you're bloated, you're constipated, your skin's bad, whatever. Somebody says, do a celery cleanse. And you do this and you feel worse. And then they're like, whoa, well, maybe it's heavy metals, or maybe it's your dehydrator, or maybe it's you know, vitamin D. You know, and It's not really exploring the true root cause of it. But if you have a robust data set that's based on hundreds of thousands of people, uh, a whole subset in morphology and phytology and strains and all the other ways that you categorize bacteria, take that all and plug it into an algorithm based on science and results that is scientifically validated and comes out with an answer saying, if you have this particular bacteria and this particular strain of that bacteria, chances are you cannot process celery or Mm -hmm. in my case, almonds or there's a variety of other things. That's point one. And the other point is that you know we're living beings we're dynamic we change and so a single test in a single point in time is a starting point it's not the end all it's not a it's not a road when you take a, a long distance car ride you don't just find one one point on the map and that's that's all you need you need waypoints along the way you need to adjust your course i mean just like an aircraft flying across country you're off course a significant amount of time, and you need to course correct. And that's where retesting and revalidating comes in. And you see that, and I see that with people we talk to. They have a test that's maybe a year or two old. Hey, my vitamin D was fine in 2015. Well, it's 2019, and you live in a different city, a different climate, a different altitude.
1: You're eating different foods. Your gut is different. You yeah. might have taken a course of antibiotics. I mean, there's a whole host of things that can change.
0: I guess, you know, one of the things that I think is important to to uh, acknowledge and also to admit is that, you know, it's difficult for anybody to accept change. And sometimes the data that we're presented with we don't like and uh, got some scars that will show that the data that I was presented with was really pretty crappy, but (laughs) (laughs) of course corrected and made the appropriate interventions. And uh, that's, you know, life gives you opportunity. It happens for you, not to you. and It's what you do with that information and whether or not you choose to make the change, whether it's comfortable or not, oftentimes it's not uncomfortable and that's what produces the most results.
1: I think ultimately we are, Built to feel good. We are built to be productive. We are built to crush our goals. And if you aren't feeling that way, there could be many reasons. Um, but a lot of people just chalk it up, like you said, to this is just me. I'm not a morning person or I'm, you know, if I don't have 14 coffees, I can't function or, you know, that type of thing. And ultimately, I think that there, there is so much that we can do to optimize how we feel. And if you can optimize how you feel and you feel good, the rest of it really falls into place.
0: I think having an optimized or an optimal strategy, looking at the glass half full versus half empty. I mean, plenty of people will say, I've got kids. I'm tired. I'm just going to have a decade of suboptimal productivity. But if you look at some of the most successful people on the planet, uh, presidents heads of states things like that those people are getting spanked they're getting Yeah, they're getting spanked every day with uh, you know a lot of stress a lot of poor sleep and a lot of travel and, and a lot of things but they're still doing it and optimizing and utilizing uh, resources and um, tony robbins um, ben greenfield um, rich roll
1: sarah blakely jesse itzler
0: so many so many different people out there that you can learn from and model and take even just little nuggets of wisdom, David Goggins. I mean, you're not going to, you're not going to take it all in. I mean, not every piece of, of uh, another person's life is going to fit, but there Mm -hmm. are gems to glean. And if you will just take a moment to consider those, even to accept that they could be the potential key to unlock uh, the version of yourself that you've always been looking for. I think that's very powerful.
1: Yeah. And I think, yeah, if you feel good, you'll crush your goals.
0: Absolutely. So Thanks for watching, listening, and uh, comments, questions, feedback. Share this if you found some value. And uh, let us know what tools, what mindset, what strategies do you use to get yourself to the next level.
1: And if you want any more information about some of the stuff that we talked about, just comment or send us a message. We'd be happy to reply.
0: Have a fantastic week.
1: All right. Cheers.